Welcome to Tuesday night for the last week of our Here For It series. I have been here for it, man. We've had some fire messages this series, man. First week, we talked about next steps. Then we talked about serving. Then we talked about community. And today, we're going to talk about tough love. Because I'm going to give y'all a little bit today, and I don't want you to be offended, all right? So I'm just going to preface my message by saying that. But... Tonight, I'm here to talk about spiritual discipline, right? And I know a lot of the times when we hear about the word discipline, we tighten up. You know, we're like, oh, well, discipline, I think about, you know, when my mom used to ground me or I used to get spankings, you know, however your parents used to discipline you. I don't know if you have parents that didn't discipline you. That must be nice, but I didn't have those parents, you know. So, or you think about um, the discipline of chores. You think about the discipline of homework. You think about the things that you're like, oh, I do because I like have to do it. You drag yourself to do it. But that's not how we desire to do spiritual discipline. That's not how God desires us to do spiritual discipline. So while discipline might have a negative connotation for you tonight, I challenge you to open up your mind, open up your ears, and open up your heart to, to maybe see discipline in a new light. So while we're on the concept of discipline. I just have a question. Do we have any artists in the house? Anybody who likes to draw or paint? Okay, great. So um, I really hope that all the artists in the room, that your drawings are better than your fifth grade drawings. I hope it is. I hope you haven't been drawing the same stick figures since you were in fifth grade. If you, if you aren't, that's, be, that's a product of discipline. It's because you sat in front of your paper year after year, day after day, doing new sketches, going back over it, getting new materials, getting new things that is going to strengthen your ability to be an artist. It's because of discipline. Do we have any athletes in the room? All right, athletes. All right, the reason that you are not the same t-ball athlete that you used to be, the same five, little five-year-old that like could barely kick a ball, was like falling over when they kicked it, it's because of discipline. It's because year after year, you went and you practiced. You went and dribbled your ball. You went and kicked it in the net. You went and watched YouTube videos about how to get better form, how to get better technique. All of that is because of discipline. So, like, I've been a little athletic, like, my entire life. That's like, I don't know, my family, we just kind of athletic in general. I didn't do any, I didn't do any, like, athletics in high school because I got caught up in color guard. We got any band kids in the room? Yeah. Why y'all looking ashamed? Be proud of being a band kid. All right. I was a band kid in high school, so I wasn't cool. But you know what? It's okay. I'm cool now. So that's okay. That's all, that's all that matters. So anyways, I'm a little athletic, but I didn't really compete in high school. So now as an adult, I'm trying to find ways to still exercise. Because anybody who used to be an athlete and is no longer an athlete knows how hard it is to get yourself to be as disciplined as you were when you used to have your coach breathing down your neck all the time. So now, as an adult, I've got to find ways to motivate myself. So I was watching Netflix, as one does. And I was watching one of my favorite series. It's called Girlfriends. And one of the uh, characters in Girlfriends, she decided she was going to run a marathon. I was like, I could do that. I could run a marathon. So I was like, I texted a bunch of people I know. And uh, I was like, maybe I could find some people who are as crazy as I am who want to train for a marathon. So I texted a bunch of people, a couple people said yes, and then, I don't know, the Holy Spirit got a hold of them, and then they were like, just kidding, I can't run with you anymore. So it ended up just being me and my sister. We were the whole marathon training team. Yeah, that's my sister right there. She's a real one. Forget the rest of y'all who left me rude. 
But we trained, okay? So in August, I'm sorry, not August, October 19th of 2021, I bought my ticket to run the Town of Celebration Marathon. If you don't know where Celebration is, it's near Orlando. It's not too far from here, but that was the thing I decided to do um, for January of this year. So I gave myself about three months to prepare my body, to prepare my mind, you know, and, and, and I can tell you that it wasn't easy. It wasn't as easy as it looked like on a TV show. That's never how it pans out to be. It's never as easy. So, you know, it was hard for me to get up every day and, and start running to lace up my sneakers every day. I mean, I bought the Nike training plan and it told me what I needed to run. And it was like, it was cool at first. At first I was like, yeah, I got three miles in me. I got 30 minutes in me. Then that thing said 10 miles. I was like, 10 miles on my feet. I wasn't prepared for us to start getting to like that kind of hard, right? So I'm training and I'm training and I'm training and I realized like, I don't know if I'm built for a marathon. So like the day before I cut down to a half marathon, me and my sister do the half marathon together. I think there's a picture of us at the marathon, at the half marathon. That's us. We did it. We got up day after day and trained. That's our mom in the middle. She didn't run with us. There's no way I could get my mom to do a half marathon. But she was there to support. There's no way that day after day that I would have been able to continue to run, especially at that pace and that mileage, for something that I didn't do in high school, I wasn't trained to do. There's no way I could do that without discipline, without that January 30th date looming in my mind, without, <laughs> without having Lauren next to me to go, come on, dude, we're going to do this. Like, we're going to do it. So, like, if you want to be a runner, all you have to do is run. Like, I, I'm a runner. I run. But if you want to be an elite athlete, what does it take? It takes a little extra discipline, right? It's not, I'm, I'm not the same runner Usain Bolt is. There's no way just because I put one foot in front of the other doesn't mean that I'm going to be the same caliber of runner that he is. And spiritually, it's not that different. If we want to be a Christian, what do we have to do? We have to follow Jesus. We have to say, Jesus, you're part of my life. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you came to save me. I believe that you died for my sins. But what does it take to be a disciple? To be a disciple, you have to follow Jesus. And to follow him means that you have to put one foot in the front of the other. It means you have to take steps. It means you actually have to try. It doesn't mean that you accept Jesus. You sit down and you just wait with your arms open for blessings to fall from the heavens. You have to actually work. And so that's what we're talking about today. That is the point of discipline. Discipline is to make you a disciple. In order to build a relationship with Jesus, if you're like one of these people who I used to be, I was like, ah, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't know what it means when people say they hear from the Holy Spirit. I don't know what it means when people say like, God told them to do something. It could possibly be because you haven't disciplined yourself to be able to experience such things. So 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, Paul talks about a race, about running. He says, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. We got another one. Maybe. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So what's Paul saying in that verse? He's saying Christians who want to grow exercise their spirits to grow. We run towards the goal of being like Jesus. We don't just train for some arbitrary goal. We train our bodies and minds to be disciplined towards Christ. 
At the end of that verse, he says that I discipline myself so that when I tell others, I don't be disqualified myself. That means that you don't just go around telling others, hey, did you read your Bible? Did you pray today? It means you actually do it as well. So our mission at Exchange, right, the reason that we're doing this series is to do some housekeeping about what we believe in here. And so our mission at the Exchange, if you don't know, is to lead young adults into a growing relationship with Christ. So in order to grow, you have to be disciplined. In order to grow, you have to be planted in the Lord. In order to grow, you have to be spiritually disciplined. Speaking about being planted, there's actually a verse that talks about what happens when we're planted. It's Psalms 1, 1 to 3. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked, or does not stand um, that— They do not stand in the way of sinners and take in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord who meditates on it day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in its season, and whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers. So in order to bear fruit, what do we need to do? The verse says we need to meditate on the Lord day and night so that we might be able to remain planted. Discipline is how we grow our root system so that we are able to remain planted. Discipline is how we orient ourselves towards the Lord so that we might be able to become more dependent on Him. What happens with a tree that's planted and has shallow roots? Maybe it looks really cool, it's got all these leaves and everything, and then like a small gust of wind comes, it's like, wee! It just falls over because it wasn't truly planted as deep as it needed to be. Right? That means that you have to actually, to grow your roots, you have to do that on your own time, by yourself, day after day. You sit. It's not just having this extra outward faith, like having a tree that just has bark and it has leaves but no roots. You have to be disciplined in order to grow your root system. Growing a proper root system takes time. Day by day, adding a little more water, a little more sunlight, and then it grows. Anybody who, anybody own any plants in the room? We got a couple of plant parents, yeah. Okay, you know that your plant is not like an instantaneous grower, right? It takes a little time, takes a little work. Every single little thing you do seems to affect it, right? Everything that you do today is forming your tomorrow. Every little thing, just like a tree needs little by little every day to grow, all the small choices and moments in your life are determining how you are growing. So that small moment of deciding to make a poor choice instead of a good choice is forming you. Like when you decide to watch a couple more extra episodes of Netflix, you know, you know you got to go to work in the morning or you know you got an assignment due, but you just watching Netflix like there's, n- like there's no tomorrow. That's forming you. That might be forming you into a bad employee because you wake up late and then you can't get to work on time and now you're getting fired because your boss said you're never on time. It might be forming you to be a bad student because you wake up and you're like, oh snap, I didn't study. (laughs) Or you wake up and you're like, dang it, I missed class because I stayed up too late because I was watching Netflix. That choice you make to ghost someone instead of using your adult communication skills is forming you. It's forming you into a jerk. Listening to music that encourages violence. It encourages you to have sex with a bunch of people. It encourages you to hate all men or objectify all women. It's forming you. Every small decision you make that looks small to you is forming you. Do y'all know? I don't know if anybody knows this. Do you know what the number one killer of Americans is? Does anybody know? It's heart disease, which y'all are really close because it's caused by food. 
It's caused by a day after day, small step after small step after small step into, into decay, into your body dying. It's not one burger that kills someone. It's not one week of missing the gym that kills someone. It's these small steps that form them 20 years down the line. They have clogged arteries and now there's no coming back because they weren't disciplined at the beginning of their life. So it's your choice. Whether you're going to be disciplined or not, whether you're going to have self-control and grow or you're going to follow your feelings and decay, it's your choice. In Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 11, we see that it says, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So discipline now might be difficult, but being spiritually ill is harder. So you have to choose your heart. At some point, you have to decide whether I'm just going to let my body and my spirit decay or if I'm going to take myself, have self-control, and discipline myself. So if you want to live a life that's fruitful, right? If you want to be someone who's planted in the Lord, you want to bear fruit, you want to see peace in your life, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, that's what we're told that we get when we remain planted. So in order to do that, you have to exercise spiritual discipline so that God might be able to inspire these fruits out of you. So I've been talking a lot about why we need spiritual disciplines, right? But what are they exactly? You might not have actually heard of this phrase in this way, being spiritually disciplined. Well, spiritual disciplines are the practices that lead you to life transformation. Their purpose is to aid our spiritual growth as disciples of Christ and deepen our relationship with God. Now, there's lots of different aspects you can use to become spiritually disciplined. I'm only going to give you a couple. I'm going to give you the the essentials today because I believe that these essentials will lead you into other ways that you might be able to get closer to Christ. So I'm going to give you like this, the uh, spiritual discipline starter kit. All right, so the essentials of spiritual discipline. Essential number one in your starter pack is prayer. If you want more in-depth description on how to pray, today I'm not going to go into depth about how you pray, but like Lindsay mentioned the podcast earlier, I did do a podcast, I I did do a message um, a little while back called The Way, and it actually breaks down how you pray using the Lord's Prayer. So you can actually go back into our podcast while we're on break and listen to how you pray. But I'm going to give you a little bit of ways to actually add prayer into your schedule. So to get started with this discipline, try anchoring your prayer to something you already do. Like, try to anchor it to the, eat, to the habit of eating. Try to anchor it to your habit of driving to work, or driving to school, or driving anywhere. Try to anchor it to your habit when you would usually, like, you have, you know, this small, small window of brain space, and you reach for your phone. Try to replace that with prayer. Think about how many prayers we've lost because we keep reaching every time our brain has a moment to think. Think about how many prayers have been lost because we're scrolling and feeling bad about ourselves instead of telling God about, you know, anything that's going on in our day. These are ways that you can anchor prayer into your life. Look for ways that you might be able to anchor prayer into your life. The second essential of spiritual discipline is meditation. So I know a lot of us, when we think of meditation, we think of the Eastern style of meditation. We think of this, om. That's not, that's not the meditation I'm talking about. Which, I mean, like, if you're doing that, I just... Come talk to me after. But anyways, <laughs> there's a different way to meditate. There's lots of ways to meditate. The scriptures actually tell us to meditate, right? We read that earlier. The way that you remain planted is to meditate. So how do you meditate on God's word? You read it. You study it. You memorize it. <laughs> you, you have to put yourself in a, 
in a place that you might be able to remember God's scripture over and over and over, that you might be able to bring it through to your mind throughout the rest of the day. So what does that look like? It means like maybe you'll download the Bible app and there's like a ton, ton of different plans you can do on the Bible app. It doesn't have to be a Bible in a year plan. That's great if you do that. That's cool. But it could be whatever you're struggling with right now. So maybe right now you're struggling with depression or right, maybe right now you're struggling with anxiety or maybe right now you're struggling to steward your finance as well because you buy shoes every time you get some, some new extra little money in your pocket. There's a plan for that. Okay, so maybe you start with that. Maybe you start with that in the morning and then throughout the day, the scripture that the Bible app gave you, you think about it, you meditate on it. When there's a little extra time, you think about that verse that comes to mind. And that's how you meditate. It's the same way that like you, I don't know if anybody else did this when they were younger, but I totally did this. Like when I wanted to remember some song lyrics, I played the song over and over and over and over and over. That's how you meditate. You just play it. You just play it over and over and over. And the same thing for scripture. There is also a cool app called Verse Locker that I download on my phone. Um, Verse Locker allows you to make these playlists of verses. And I would just, while I was in the shower, I would just hit play and it will read the verses to you over and over. So I did this for like 30 days and I was able to memorize all 10 verses because it would read me the verses over and over. And that's how I was able to meditate. So it doesn't have to be this super holy thing where you like light candles and you make it like a, a whole little space for it. You can do it at any time of the day. It just requires you to reorient your mind towards Christ. The third thing in your spiritual discipline essentials kit is to gather with other believers regularly. So Lindsay did a fantastic job last week talking to us about community. So if you missed it, you can also check that one out on the podcast. I'm just giving you a whole playlist you can look at on the podcast. So there's great value in having other people running next to you as you run towards Christ. So like I said, Lauren and I ran the race together um, in January, but I texted her like the night before, like, bro, are we really going to run this? Like, it's going to be 30 degrees tomorrow. That was the forecast, 30 degrees. I was like, I don't know if I can run at 30 degrees. Lauren was like, well, I'm still running, so. I was like, ugh, don't you try to show me up like that. So then I ran, and it was because she pushed me to do it. If you have other believers around you, they can push you to run harder towards Christ. If you start to fall, if you get a cramp, if you start to, they can pull you up and lift you and take you on. So gathering with other believers is a discipline. You might be an extrovert, and this might be an easy one for you, but it's a discipline, especially for us who are more inclined to be introverts. You have to discipline yourself to still be in community with others. It doesn't just mean gathering in church. Gathering church is great, and I totally think you should do that. You should join a small group. You should go to a church regularly. But it also means gathering with believers outside of church. You shouldn't be, like, splicing your life and only have, like, this one version of you in church with your believer friends and, like, another version outside of church. You should be able to hang out with these people into this part of your life and talk about other things. Talk about God, of course, but talk about your struggles. This is how we be transparent. This is how we build community. This is how we get closer together as believers. So the last spiritual discipline is abiding. Abiding sounds like a big word, but it's not that hard. This is where you ask yourself, how can I bring God with me in every part of my day? Like, are there other ways that I might be able to get close to him? Like when I'm in my car listening to music that might not be edifying my spirit, can I use that time to orient myself towards God? You might have these little pockets of space on your lunch break at work. Could I use, it only takes me 15 minutes to eat. Like in my lunch, I get 30 minute breaks. So it only takes me like 15 minutes to eat. What can I do for those last 15 minutes? 
I could watch Netflix, I could play games on my phone, or I could try to spend a little time with the Lord. Think about abiding the way we think about the honeymoon phase of a relationship. Like when you first meet somebody, you want to be around them all the time. And for anybody else around you, it's like super annoying because you're like up there behind all the time. It's like, you're like, yeah, what are you doing? Oh my gosh, I just saw a squirrel. Ha <laughs> ha, did you see a squirrel? You know, like everything you do, you're thinking about them. You're like, I wonder what they're doing. I wonder if they're, you know, looking at the same moon as me right now, you know? But the thing is, every thought you have is oriented towards them. Think about abiding with God that way. Think about when I see something, when I see some really cool sunset, I'm going to take a picture because that's what y'all like to do. Y'all like to take pictures of sunsets and put them on, the, put them on Instagram. <laughs> Think, man, God made that. That's so cool. How about you use that as a moment to abide with God? God, thank you for this sunset. Thank you for this beauty that you did not have to bestow us with, but you did anyway. God, thank you so much for the gas in my tank. Lord, thank if you can't do anything else, you could just have gratitude for the things around you and abide with God just in the blessings, in the small blessings that he gives you every day. So now that we have the four essentials, it's important to know how to train your spirit. So I'm going to give you three practical steps, three practical steps that I use in my race training that I think can also benefit you in your spiritual training. So step one in your spiritual training is to have a training plan. If you think it's just going to happen, like magically, like <laughs> anybody who's in school is like, yeah, that homework will get done. Does it get done? Usually not. Or you're like rushing to do it and it gets done terribly. Without a plan, how are you going to make progress? And each season of life is different, right? So there is not like a super magical amount of time. The Bible doesn't give us a certain amount of minutes that we have to spend with God, but you need to give enough time that you can properly reflect on actually what you're doing. Like, don't just like shove it in somewhere and be like, well, I did it. You need to make enough time that you might be able to let it resonate in your spirit and give God the space to be able to speak to you. That also looks like actually being silent sometimes. Like if you are having a conversation with me and you just talk the entire time and I can't get a word in, and then you're like, wow, Taylor never talks to me. You didn't leave space for me to talk. Sometimes we need to leave space for God to talk. If we talk, give him a second to talk back. Making a plan includes deciding where you're going to study, what you're going to study, and don't just expect it to get done at some point. Don't just leave it and then be like, uh, it'll get done. Make it a, a place in your schedule like you have any other meeting in your schedule. Like you, like you meet with your friends. Like I'm a, I'm a live and die by the Google Calendar kind of person. I actually will put it in my schedule that this is my time with God and I make it a meeting. So if that's you, if you're a person who schedules, you could do that. But if not, maybe just anchor it to the first thing in your morning. You wake up, you put your feet on the floor, you read your Bible. That's a good training plan. The second step is to maintain good form. So we have to maintain good form in order to make progress in our spiritual lives. We need to have endurance for the long marathon of life and not these like short little sprints. Sydney, when I was running, Sydney, if y'all don't know Sydney, she's a prayer team coach. She's really great. You should get to know Sydney. She works at the running center. And so like anytime I had a question about running, I just went to her. And she talked to me about form. She talked to me about how important it is to keep your arms in the right place. Because if you do all of this, you're going to get a cramp. If anybody runs like this, I'm sorry for you. But you should run straight. She talked to me about, because if you don't have the right form, you're going to get a cramp. Or you're going to not be able to finish your race because you're going to, because you're going to injure yourself. So the same thing happens in our spiritual life. What does having good form look like? It means being intentional about the time you spend with God. What does having bad form look like in our spiritual life? It means just coming up, showing up, and be like, hey, God, I'm praying right now. Uh, I talked to you today. Okay, good. See ya. 
Having bad form is being lackadaisical. It's showing up just to show up, but not showing up to be intentional, not showing up in the posture to actually receive something from the Lord. You have to be intentional. We have to show up and be ready for God to speak. If you show up and you're not ready for God to speak, then why would he speak to you? If you have the posture of being like, ugh, then that's what you're going to get. And you're going to, what happens when you don't have good form and you're an athlete? You get injured. What a spiritual injury looks like? It looks like, oh, well, God didn't speak to me, so now I made a bad choice because I felt like God didn't speak. Well, you're actually not investing your time into your discipline. You have to actually invest yourself into the discipline. So step three, after we have a training plan and we maintain good form, we need to have consistency. It means we need to show up on a regular basis. When I was training for my marathon, I couldn't just run for a week. This would have been so nice if I could just like run for a week and train and then be ready for 26 miles or 13 miles or whatever. That's not how it works. You have to show up day after day and week after week and month after month so that you might be able to get stronger. One of my favorite books about spiritual disciplines says, a man can no more take in a supply of grace for the future than he can eat enough for six months in one sitting, or that he can take sufficient air into his lungs at one time to sustain his life for a week. We need to draw upon God's boundless grace day after day as we need it. So consistency is important. Now what's not important is perfection. I know that a lot of people, especially if you're the type A personality, you're like, I have to do it perfect. And if you don't, you like beat yourself up really bad. That's not what it's about. It's about trending upwards, right? And when you trend upwards, sometimes there might be a dip, but we want to make that dip as short as possible. We don't want to make this long dip with a plateau on the bottom, and then we kind of go up, and then we make another dip. We want to make a slow upwards progress. Even when I was training, even any athlete around, even if you get injured and you have to take a break for a sec, you come back and you get back in it. So that's what consistency is about. It's about the upward trend, and you make those dips as small as possible when you might might slip or you might forget a day. You just get back in. So I know it can be hard to be consistent. I know it can. And you might have some really comfortable excuses that you fall back into whenever you feel like you don't want to be consistent. But I, I I really want to challenge you guys to push through those. But these are some that either I use or I've heard others use. I'm definitely not perfect, okay? I don't want you guys to look at me and be like, wow, she's perfect and disciplined all the time. I'm not, okay? Sometimes I use some of these excuses. One of those might be like, I don't feel like it. I don't have the motivation. God, can you give me motivation down from the sky? The truth is we do a lot of things that we're not motivated to do. You get up at, to, to go to work every day. You're like, I don't even like my coworkers. Why do I have this job? Oh, you go because you need money. And you don't, if you don't have money, you're going to be homeless, right? You go and you're disciplined to go even if you don't feel like it. So you, you, you have to, unfortunately in life as an adult, we have to do some things we don't want to do. And that is just is what it is. So you have to come up out of your feelings sometimes when you want to decide you want to be disciplined. Another excuse could be like, I don't know how. I don't know how to execute this discipline. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to meditate. I don't really know. I read the scripture like I can read English, but I don't really understand what I'm reading. Do some research. You Google everything else. You Google everything else. You're like, where do squirrels, uh, where, where do they hide the nuts? I'll just be, just be on Google, Googling everything. Google how to get, how do, how do I get closer to God? How do I pray? What does the Bible say about anxiety? What does the Bible say about saving myself? What does the Bible say about X, Y, and Z? Whatever you might be struggling with, whatever questions you might have, you can Google it. You can ask a believer who might have been there before, but you have to apply yourself. Okay, just saying you don't understand is not enough. 
Go to a person and say you don't understand. Go to a pastor and say, I don't understand. And they will give you resources. One of the books I recommend, this is, this is a book that I recommend to, that I really got a lot from uh, about spiritual disciplines. It's called The Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Life. And it's by Donald Whitney. If you don't remember anything else, you can just type in like spiritual discipline Christian book and it should come up. Okay. It's a really great book. And if you want to learn about other disciplines, you can look there. Another, another excuse I hear a lot. Life is hard. I'm busy. I have a lot of stuff to do. I'm too tired to study my Bible. I, I, I want to challenge you to check your screen time. I, I just want you to look at how many hours you spend doing whatever the heck else. Be it TikTok or Instagram or Twitch or whatever it is. Like, can you take 15 minutes of the six hours you spent on your phone today and spend it with God? So if you say you're busy, I challenge you to look there first. And in an age where people make money off of our distractions, like if you don't buy something off Instagram, or you don't buy something from the games you play, it's because you are the product. They, are, they have engineered these apps so that you spend all of your time there. So you have to make the decision that I am going to take a stand and I'm going to use some of that time to be with Christ. Let me just tell you something. This is a hard truth. This is something that I have to remind myself. Jesus, if you read in his life, he made blind men see. He made lame people walk. He brought people up from the dead. And even still in the scriptures, you can see there's several times that he goes away to be with the Father. Now, you can't tell me whatever you're doing in your schedule is better than healing people. If Jesus set that example for us, then I believe that that's something that we should follow. You can't tell me you're busier than Jesus. I want you to do that. Try to tell me you're busier than Jesus. The last excuse I hear a lot. I'm tired. I don't, I'm tired. And you very well wipe. You very well might be. I'm not saying that you don't get tired. But I am saying that maybe your priorities are misplaced. Maybe you're possibly doing, putting all of your energies into things to please man instead of pleasing the Lord. Because if you're really on the path that the Lord put you on, he would have sustained you. So maybe take a look at your schedule. If you're really tired and you really don't have any more energy, is there something that I'm doing for man? Is there something that I'm doing for myself instead of doing it for the Lord? Instead of making time to spend time with the Lord. So I encourage you to just take a look at your schedule. Okay? In conclusion, I want to ask you if you know what's on the other side of discipline. I don't, I don't just come up here and go like, gosh, you should be disciplined. You should go. You should run. There is, a, there is great reward on the other side of discipline. We heard that there is the fruits of the Spirit. There is love. There is joy. There's peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I know that all of us can use a little more of all of those things. But on the other side of discipline, we also find transformation in Christ. On the other side of discipline, we find renewed minds. On the other side of discipline, we find stronger faith. For me, one reason, if you don't know my story, I walked away from the Lord somewhere between like 19 and 20, age 19 and 20. And one of my reasons I walked away, I was raised in church. It wasn't that I didn't know who Jesus was. I just wasn't planted. I was just around Christians. I was around Christianity. I was around Jesus, but I didn't actually become transformed. I didn't actually dig deep. I didn't actually plant my roots. So what is on the other side of discipline? Well, you'll never know if you don't try. You'll never know what it's like to be healthy if you're always sick. 
you'll never know what it's like to be transformed if you're forever broken. You don't have to be that way. You have to choose. It's not hard to access God and his power. What's hard is training yourself to have self-control. You aren't always going to feel like being disciplined. And I don't care how many times you ask God, God, just give me discipline. You have to meet him halfway. He's not going to drag you to the cross. You have to walk. So this is just the time where I'd ask you, if everyone could just bow their heads. Take some time right now to reflect about how your spiritual discipline has been in the last week. And if it hasn't been where you know you need it to be or or where you want it to be, I just want you to take a little time right now to ask the Lord to show you how to increase your discipline. I want you to ask God to give you a fruit that you might be missing. God, show me how to cultivate love. Show me how to cultivate patience. How to to cultivate more self-control. And if you have never accessed God before, if you have never experienced his spirit right now, and and you want to just, you want to access all of this transformation, and you've never accepted Jesus into your life, I just ask you to raise your hand with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you want to access the transformation power of Jesus, if you're tired of being hurt, if you're tired of being pained, if you're tired of not having patience, not having love, if you're tired of being lonely, I pray that you would just say this prayer in your seat. Father God, I thank you for loving me. Even when I've been broken, even when I haven't loved you back, I asked you to come into my life And I ask you to transform me. I thank you that you died for my sins. And I recognize now that I need you. God, I thank you so much for everyone under the sound of my voice. I pray for the people who accepted you today. And Lord, I pray that they would remain planted in you. I pray that the people who already have been around you, Lord, the ones who have already experienced a little bit of you, God, I pray that you would show them how to grow their roots deeper. I, sh- I pray that you would cultivate bigger faith in their life, that you would cultivate better fruit in their life, Lord. I pray that you would show us each individually how we can give more to you, how we can sacrifice our life to you, God, how we can be more purified, how we can be more refined. I pray that you would show us how to exercise discipline in our everyday lives. And God, I thank you for hearing our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.